So we are in a season that is a little bit out of place. This whole season of Advent is a season out of place. Our scripture this morning, or this afternoon, this evening? What time of day is it? It's church. Too many years of saying this morning when I talk about church. Uh, Our scripture this evening opens up uh, with this vision of a desert in bloom. Now, I don't know if you've ever seen a desert in bloom. I've not actually seen that myself. I don't know. I've seen very many deserts, actually. Um, But I want to show you one. So I I Google a little uh, before and after, because the Google has everything you could ever need. And I found this lovely picture of basically the same place. Um, one is a year of, uh, of drought, and the other is a year of El Nino, when there was a lot more rain. And in this, you have, well, one that's pretty much desolate and dry and devoid of life, and one that's teeming with spring wildflowers. Now, if you showed up in that year when it is dry, when there hadn't been as much rain, it might be hard to imagine standing before the vast emptiness. We can actually pass this around, too, in case people want to look at it a little more. If you can imagine standing before the vast emptiness of this desert with maybe a tumbleweed blowing by, the dry, arid air blowing and no moisture to be found. It could be hard to imagine life in that place. But as you can see in this picture, if you add water, if you add this source of life, this rare resource in the desert, life springs forth in a mighty way. Life almost out of nothing comes forth. It's a dramatic change from this thing that's in some ways is so out of place, this water that's out of place in this desert, this rare resource in an ecosystem that seems to get by without it, but really thrives under it. It's this thing that is out of place, but makes all the difference. We are in a season of being out of place. Our text this evening is also like that in that it is this message out of place. Isaiah is daring to speak a word of hope and justice that refused to wait until things got better. It's the voice of one calling out from the wilderness of exile. The people were in exile away from their homeland. They were calling out and hoping for renewal, for redemption of themselves as a people, redemption of their land, redemption of the temple, redemption of Zion, the Mount of Jerusalem, redemption that they were hoping and praying for, but one that was yet to be seen. And Isaiah stands up and in a bold proclamation counter to the current reality they are experiencing and says that he is going to call the people not to look at the destruction of today, but to look at the hope of the coming days. He goes on to say, When the ransomed of the Lord shall return and come to Zion singing, and everlasting joy shall be on their heads. 
Isaiah was offering a vision out of place with the current reality, but grounded in this hope of God, this hope that is out of place. In Advent, we take a look at this hope once again, this out-of-place thing, and we hope and we proclaim more good news, just as Isaiah did. Not looking to where we are right now, but where we're going. We look to the coming Christ child as that thing that does not belong. Because, after all, this king of the universe, Jesus, on high in heaven, steps down to become one of us. But how does he do it? In this out of place kind of way. Who would think the creator of the universe would step down and be born in a barn as a tiny baby, fragile and vulnerable to these two simple people, a carpenter and Mary, these two people of no consequence to the world, these two people of not much means, these two people who are struggling to get by day by day, these two people who make a living for their family but are from a village of no importance, these two people bring into life, brought the uh, Christ child is brought into life, into that family, this out-of-place existence. This Mary who is a virgin and yet to give birth, this out-of-place story. And this Jesus who very much came to continue that being out-of-place. Jesus who came to up flip the world upside down to turn the order of the day and say there is a different way, to bring life where there has been death and destruction, to bring hope for all the world through redemption and forgiveness through our very restoration so that we might never go astray again, so that the path would be created, this highway, this holy highway would be created so that we can walk down and a fool couldn't even go astray. I don't know about you, but I like to consider myself more than just a fool. So it's saying even the fool couldn't go astray. So we all are walking down this path. And it's not even possible for us to go astray anymore because God has created this new way in this hope, this hope of the new kingdom, this new hope, this new path, this new joy, this way that will bring redemption and restoration to the whole world. And Jesus came to speak a truth that was counter to everything the world stands for. Jesus isn't a pull myself up by my bootstraps kind of guy. Jesus is gather the community together and let's, let's lift all of us together. Let's become one body, united, committed to the mission of seeing the world transformed, one holy body traveling down this holy highway, seeking after this hope that God has told us is before us, this hope that is so out of place in our world, so that we might come to find the explosion of life like you find in the desert when you just add the water in. We are in a season out of place. 
And in this season of out of place, we are also called to reflect and prepare our hearts for what is next. What comes after Jesus is born? What comes after Jesus lives? What comes after Jesus died and rose again? What comes after? We are preparing ourselves for all of these things. And we are being called to look to see what is out of place. What is the out of place thing God is calling us to acknowledge? The out of place thing that God is calling us to address? Marion Wright Edelman, uh, founder and president of the Children's Defense Fund, often talks about just such a word that is out of place. She, said, she has said that she refuses to wait until the time is right and everyone is on her side. Uh, just a few years ago, after a gun control measure failed in the Senate, she wrote, I woke up the morning after the Senate vote thinking about Sojourner Truth, one of my role models. A brilliant and indomitable slave woman who could neither read nor write, but who was passionate about ending unjust slavery and second-class treatment of women. At the end of her anti-slavery talks in Ohio, at one of her anti-slavery talks in Ohio, a man came up to her and said, Old woman, do you think that your talk about slavery does any good? Do you suppose people care about what you say? Why, I don't care any more for your talk than I do for the bite of a flea. Perhaps not, she answered, but the Lord will and I'll keep you scratching. Marion goes on in her own words, we must be determined and persistent fleas. Enough fleas biting strategically can make the biggest dog uncomfortable. And if they flick some of us off, but even, and if they flick some of us off, even more of us keep coming back with our calls and our emails and our visits and our non-violent direct, non direct action protest and votes, and in the end, we will win. She believed in speaking a word out of place even when the world said, you know what, you're wrong, and you'll never be right, and we're going to win, and you'll never win. She calls us to be like that flea biting the dog, that persistent itch that just won't go away. Maybe it's not seeming to change anything in the immediate, but that flea bites long enough, it's going to get on your nerves. That's what this hope that I have been preaching about the last two weeks is all about. It's about being that persistent, constant chipping away at the ways of the world. Because after all, Jesus was born 2,000 years ago. And the world has not changed to what we believe God is calling us to, the hope that God is calling us to. The world is not yet perfected. The world continues to stumble over itself at best, and oftentimes at worst, to just destroy itself. But we're called to be in this place, out of place, to offer this word out of place, this persistent message of life over death, love over hatred, transformation, and transformation where the world sees people and places that are of no value. 
Last night I attended a really incredible event called One Love, which was put on uh, by the Baltimore Washington Conference Young Adult Council. It was an event to gather together young adults from throughout the Washington DC, Baltimore, Maryland area and to gather together for a night of worship committed to a message of one love. We gathered to proclaim through word and poetry and music and dance and movement that love is stronger than racism and homophobia and transphobia and ableism and xenophobia and misogyny and all of the other ways we tried to, that hate tries to root its way into our lives. One love that binds us together and this one love is out of place in a world where hatred and lies and deceit seem to win out the day. And so we are not called to answer that with hate. Hate for hate does not create love, but love for hate creates more love. Maybe not right away. Maybe it doesn't change things in that moment when you uh, uh, declare that one love in the face of hate. Maybe when we walk out of this place and we walk in, into our daily lives and we run into all of the things of the world, the things that are broken, the things that are destructive. Maybe when we walk out there and we declare love, nothing happens. Maybe nothing happens immediately anyway except for when that one love that we go out and proclaim, that hope that we proclaim, that redemption that we proclaim, when we go out into the world and, can, can, and declare that it can be better, when we step out and say the world can and will be different, we make a difference. When we meet that one person who needs that hope, that one person who needs that encouragement, when we share truth with that one person who is in desperate need of something differently than the world has to offer, we step out and are that persistent flea on the back of the world that says we're not giving up. We're not quitting because we have a hope in the world that God is creating. The world that is already in progress because we are stepping out into the wilderness and saying there is something more, there is something better. We're proclaiming that God has laid a holy highway before us and that God is already steering us to this new world. And it's not based in brokenness and shame and disrespect or disregard, but in the inclusive love that is transforming even us now. And so when we go out and we, like water in the desert, spread the love of God, we will see a bloom more than you can ever imagine. Amen.